That's right. You guys must have nothing else to do because you are listening to The Real Dirt Podcast with Chip Baker. That's right. That's me, Chip Baker, your host. And this podcast, we talk all things weed. But right now, we're at the very beginning of our Harvest Special. And this is episode two of the Harvest Special. And, you know, I kind of got this idea from watching this really great HBO series called Vinyl. I don't know if you've watched this or not, but great uh, series about the 70s and the record industry and what was really going on there. But one of the things they were they were struggling a little bit. So they decided they were going to make a Christmas special. Right. And I thought about it and it it just, it was so funny. Like all these people have made Christmas specials for their music. And I started looking it up and like everybody's made a fucking Christmas special. It's hysterical. So this is my harvest special. Just like on the Simpsons with their Halloween special, right? Here we are. It's September. Croptober is on the way. So yeah, I thought I'd have some uh, harvest specials. So here it is. Uh, Sit back and enjoy the next episode, episode two of the Harvest Special 2018. If you appreciate this episode, please download it and others at The Real Dirt Podcast. And go also to iTunes, The Real Dirt Podcast on iTunes. Subscribe. Make a comment, share it with your friends, anything we can do to get you listening, get more people talking about it, where we're into it. If you've got a suggestion about episodes, just let us know. Comment on our Instagram account. And hey, if you're in Colorado, definitely stop by our grow stores, Cultivate Colorado there, where you can buy anything for your ganja room. Anything associated with growing or harvesting, we have it there. Cultivate Colorado, two convenient locations, 6400 Stapleton Drive, as well as 666 Bucktub. Bucktub Boulevard. So, uh, yeah, man, as always, roll a huge joint up, sit back, fire it up, and listen to The Real Dirt. Hey, this is Chip with The Real Dirt, my brothers and sisters. This is episode two of the Harvest Special. I'm feeling in a particularly good mood today. I've been working real hard on a number of things. I've got a hemp podcast coming up soon. I'll let you guys know more about that in the future. It's a it's a Real Dirt Productions, but it's a kind of a different format. You guys are going to be really excited about it. I love hemp, and I love all things associated with hemp also have my new potting soil grower soil Uh, it's available in the colorado area as well as wyoming nevada new mexico uh in utah right now it'll be all over the world soon enough but right now if you're in the denver area stop in cultivate colorado and get you a fresh bag of growers potting soil hey and if you're in california I want you to walk into your store and get you a fresh bag of Royal Gold Potting Soil. That's right, Tuper Basement Mix, Mendo Mix, or King's Blend, King's Mix. My old company, even though I don't own it anymore, I'm really proud of uh, everything that's going on over there and has been happening there. And I see uh, Tuper and all over the country. If you can't buy growers, buy Tuper, buy Royal Gold. So, you know, one of the things that happens at trim season at trim tables, Worldwide, 
is you get bored as fuck and you start zoning out the good crews. You, you talk and you share stories and, you know, I, I really got some great, 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 great stories that I listened to and heard great lessons that I picked up from people at the trim table and just listening to the old school stories. I was able to to really mentor with a couple of great guys, a few, several great people, but an older group of people that had started in Northern California in the early 70s. And man, I really got some great history and great stories and you know, some really good skills, you know, uh, those guys back then, they really pioneered all this shit. And, you know, as, as easy as some of you think it is like, it used to not be so easy and it was difficult. You had to always cover your tracks. You had to gorilla grow. You had to like grow on some, you know, national forest or timber companies land. You wouldn't dare risk growing on your land. And then when you harvested the weed, you would do something like, harvest it at midnight and throw it in trash bags in the back of your truck or car or whatever, and then take it to your dry spot. And dude, that just totally fucks up the weed. As soon as you take precious wet buds and put them in a trash bag or stuff them in a, in the back of your truck, you like press the flowers and the leaves together. And man, it just can make for an ugly, ugly sight. And, and honestly, that's what many people see as outdoor weed is, is that because of that processing feature. The other way that it was done back years ago, they would have these grow shacks. And I've actually built one of these grow shacks before, and I've seen several of them in the hills just walking around. These things are usually made on stilts on the side of a hill because, hell, that's what Humboldt and Mendocino County is, mostly on the side of the hill. So you, you make this little plywood shack, cover it in tar paper or cover the roof in tar paper. Sometimes people would cover the whole building in tar paper. These plywood shacks made like this are really great for drying cannabis. You know, back when these shacks were built, initially, the initial idea of it, they might not have even really had plywood, but the modern ones became built of plywood and it really allowed like the weed to dry in this natural environment. You know, cannabis, you stuff it in full into your dry shed and at night, the, the temperature and humidity change and it gets more humid. And then during the day, the temperature changes again, it heats up or the wind comes up and the humidity again changes in your dry room. So, you know, these plywood or wood boxes that people would build really self-regulated the weed. And I mean, you know, I heard stories, participated in events where you would literally like, you know, cut all the weed down, stuff it in these dry barns and then like nail the door shut or not even have a door, just nail the wall shut and come back, you know, weeks later, you know, maybe check it out every week or so. But, you know, back then it was all it was about the gorilla aspect and you didn't ever want to touch it or see it. You, you just automated everything as much as possible. You didn't want to be around. Shit went down. You didn't have to be there. Then you weren't getting in trouble. So uh, we'd come back and man, like oh man, nine times out of 10, this stuff was perfect. Unless it was a real rainy event or unless it was too hot, then like, you know, it might not last that whole time or you might have to put some heaters in it. It was a real easy, easy way to do it. And, you know, uh, I built a number of these type of, of sheds that are probably, some of them are still probably up. My, maybe my early ones I built, those were a little shitty, so they probably fell apart by now, but really useful item like now the dry sheds change though right and many people 
They get steel buildings because steel buildings are, are smart and they're easy to erect. You know, you insulate them so you can regulate your temperature throughout the night and the daytime way better. Of course, one of the first improvements on drying for anyone is to be able to have intake and exhaust fans or to be able to regulate your temperature. Now, I'm a proponent of intake and exhaust, especially throughout the Pacific Northwest, because you can really regulate the humidity dehumidifiers and heaters, it becomes difficult. You absolutely can dry weed that way. And it becomes crucial at some points in the year that you have to use these items. But if you can use your natural environment to regulate the humidity and the airflow in your dry room, you're, you're just going to be so much better off and have such a better product than using, you know, dehumidifiers all the way through or heaters all the way through. And, Hey man, I get it. Like some, some places you just have to, and that's just how it goes. Right. But ideally, like if you can control your environment and to the point where you just have intake and exhaust fans and some circulations fans, like that's the best way to like dry your ganja. I have experienced and heard all types of stats associated with uh, humidity levels and how to do it and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's more of a chef thing, in my opinion, is you need to be either the harvest pro or the crop manager yourself or like get your best trimmer or your the best person to do it that can touch the weed that knows the natural rhythm of the wetting and drying of it during the day and the night that understands how to how to manipulate it and lets it can manipulate it in order to dry in just the right amount of time so it preserves all of those precious terpenes harvest has changed that's for sure. Many of you in the Pacific Northwest are trimming dry weed. However, in many other parts of the country, legal parts of the country, especially Colorado, but uh, other parts as well, and lots of indoor operations, they trim the weed green. Now, there's numerous advantages to trimming the weed green, even though I don't like it. And I'll, I'll tell you why in a, in a minute. Just hold on with my thought pattern here. Man, I tell you, it really is easy to take off all those leaves when they're sticking straight out because the plant's been growing and the leaves just stick straight out. It's really easy to get a clean trim. Many people claim that if you don't manhandle the wet buds, then you actually retain more crystal on it, which I also believe is probably true. And then also definitely, man, it's just cheaper and faster to pay people by the hour to green trim weed. Probably half the price of a dry trim hand job, very comparable to machine driven operations, even though like machines are, can be fast as shit. And, you know, if you've got mediocre or B grade weed or your market doesn't care, then, you know, machine trim works awesome. And I would say there's numerous machine trim products that could like pass for a hand trim any day, but I prefer hand trim on dry weed for the quality purposes. And here's the negative aspects of drying weed green and trimming it green is, man, it's just so fucking gooey when you trim it green. Like it just requires this effort, attention to the gooiness and how to avoid it. Rubber gloves, you know, your equipment gets just gooed and fucked up. Uh, and it's chlorophyll too. It's not like when it's dry green, then you get to smoke that resin. It's like you get all this chlorophyll when it's wet and you're green trimming it and you can't smoke it or do anything with it. Maybe you can turn it into something, but I don't know. You just end up cleaning it up all the time. The weed kind of dries fucked up when you trim it green and dry it like that. There's not enough plant material and the weed 
the best I describe it, dries from the outside in this way. And really the perfect weed drying scenario is to dry from the inside out, right? And you really want this perfect timing that the stem snaps and the outside of the bud is dry at the same time, as opposed to with what happens with green trim weed is the buds dry, but the stem doesn't snap. Now that's because, you know, there's all this exposure with the flower and the, the leaves, they back to the protecting the buds, they don't protect the buds. But the best way, and I don't, the best way to do it, man, arguing with me all day wrong, long, but like, man, I've seen it, I've done it, I've smoked it. Like, shut the fuck up and listen. Here's the best way to do it. Chop the plants down, hang them branched out, and dry them in a perfect slow dry scenario so that they dry where the stem snaps and the bud is rollable in about 10 days or two weeks period of time. Right. When you take plants directly from being dry this way, put it on the trim table and can be able to smoke a joint that's just slightly moist, but it still smokes and burns right and doesn't hurt your throat. Then that is the perfect way to dry weed. Then the perfect way to trim it is to barely touch it, to spin the nugget around with your finger using the stem and to one leaf, one snip, take each leaf off. This preserves the nugget this preserves all the secondary primary compounds as well as all the terpenes in the best possible way that that we can do it now there's science to all this but the best way to achieve this is just have that one person that's really good at doing this and then for 10 days or two weeks that's what they get to do so there it is that's the best way to dry and trim weed in my opinion a couple other things you want to take in mind is like as soon as you dry that weed, and this kind of goes no matter what, green trim or dry trim, you need to trim it and then put it in a bin of some sort that's not too big because the weight, you don't want too much weight in these bins or else they'll pressure buds. And I personally would prefer to leave a bunch of stem on and put these bins in because like the cross stacking of it really allows for the cannabis to cure and dry right. But like, if you don't have that option, no big deal. So the importance of the bin, and we're talking a Rubbermaid bin or a plastic bin. And yeah, you can use turkey bags. Please don't use Ziploc bags because your shit's going to smell like fucking PCBs, plastic. You put all your flowers in the bins and then you, you regulate the curing of it for a few days to make sure that everything is of the right moisture level. And as soon as it is, and you can use instruments to test this, you can get a simple wood moisture meter like they use for hardwood floors at Home Depot. Well, if you're in Humboldt, you're not getting in Home Depot, are you? But simple uh, hard floor moisture meter maybe costs 12 bucks, 15 bucks, 30 bucks. You can pay 150 bucks for it. And you can read the moisture level of your nugget. It's about 10 and 12% for most people before you can put it in a package and then like, you know, tie a knot in it and don't worry about it anymore. But it's really important to have this intermediary stage where it goes in a bin. Someone's monitoring it, opening, closing it, testing the nugget moisture. As soon as you close it for a day, if it's moistened up, which mostly happens, then you just burp it for a couple of days and you're jamming, right? If you open it up the next day and it's perfect, no big deal. Throw it in a bag. I prefer turkey bags for this scenario because you just put a knot in them, you open and close it. And then you also monitor it again for another day or so. And then 
if it's at that perfect moisture level, you can put it in your sealing meal bag, your vac bag, your turkey bag, what, whatever your heart's desires. Then away you go to the races. You know, as long as you like monitor it, you can, uh, it'll do pretty well on it for a number of months. Also, if you store it in a climate controlled area that doesn't have excess heat or excess cooling, then you're also going to do great. You know, propane heat adds a little more moisture to the air in those drier environments where electric heat is dry heat. So in those wet environments, that also works, you know, for maintaining the quality of your cannabis throughout the year. And uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much my take on green trimming and on dry trimming. So if you enjoyed this episode, please download it and others at therealdirt.com or on our iTunes channel the real dirt podcast please subscribe please comment please rate the podcast please join us on instagram and hey man if you're in the denver area or colorado area come and buy my new potting soil product growers high porosity blend it's made for growers by growers it's made for you so there it is another episode of the realtor thanks again for joining me for a fabulous few minutes where i get to babble about my favorite subject ever cannabis on this harvest special number two i really appreciate you lending me your time i know you don't have anything else to do but get through those copious amounts of ganjas that's in front of you and hey man good luck man good luck really uh, be kind to the people around you don't steal their food take turns on uh, your playlists and uh, hey you know here's another good little tip it's a great time to broaden your music horizons I don't know how much new music I've been exposed to at trim tables but you know it's a great time to do it so uh, if you enjoyed this episode and others please download it at therealdirt.com or go to iTunes and download it on iTunes podcast that's right check out our Instagram page that is the grower that is the the real dirt podcast on Instagram definitely check out my new potting soil growers high porosity blend made from peat cocoa and perlite available in Colorado at cultivate Colorado this is uh, fall of 2018 so if it's after this date and you're listening to it you might be able to get this anywhere Anyway, as always, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Roll up yet another joint. Fire it up and contemplate on these wise words.